Hey, hey, thanks for pressing play, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Suns Report Podcast. My name is John, and I'll be your host for this weird week that was week 21. I'm joined by my co-host, Matthew. Sir, how are you today? Really great. Back into the garage, John. <laughs> yes, moving our studio back to where it belongs. Yes. My garage. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, this has been a very, a very interesting week, obviously, for the Phoenix Suns. We're going to try to provide some sense of normalcy mm-hmm. in a world that is kind of lacking normalcy, if you will, by having just our weekly recap as we normally do. We're going to go over the uh, the two games that the Suns played in Week 21. We'll preview Week 22. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully it's not too normal because we're not... If it's too normal, it's going to be too boring, right? You, well, it's definitely not going to be normal. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm very normal, so no, we'll I mean, see how normal this gets. Yeah, but I mean, still, this is uh, some sense of normalcy. Okay. Okay, sound good? I see good? what you're saying. See, yeah. see what I'm saying there? Yeah. So, you know, before we get into that, I just want to make sure everybody has an opportunity to subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network simply by pressing subscribe wherever you're getting this podcast, whether it's on Apple iTunes, if you're getting it via the Bright Side of the Sun uh, website, if you're doing it on Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever, just make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at The Suns Report. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. Matthew at Matthew Lissy. How many followers are you up to now? 27. 27. I right. never thought I would ever reach that. I mean, you were at like yeah. five, like three mm-hmm. months ago. So yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> so make sure you follow Matthew Lissy. With everything that's kind of going on in the world, this crazy, crazy world we live in, the only thing that's not crazy is me opening a beer. So that's what mm. I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So let's crack open this bad boy, drop a little beat like we normally do, talk about week 21. Matthew, week 21 for the Phoenix Suns saw the Suns go 1-1 and on the week. They have now maybe potentially finished their season at 26-38. and mm-hmm. So, I mean, 13th seed in the Western Conference. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about both of those games and potentially is this the last game or when will games start over. But before I get into all that, I got to ask, is this the strangest NBA season ever? Yes. Yes, this is something that um, I never thought would ever happen, man. Like, this is something you dream about, something you see in movies, of course, but for it to actually be happening in real time, mm-hmm. I'm just blown away. I think it's everything's been handled great, but for this to happen with the coronavirus and everything getting shut down is just very, very crazy. Agreed. I mean, look at the season. Just It already was a weird season, right? David Stern passed away on January 1st. Right? Yeah. And then you have the unfortunate and untimely passing of Kobe Bryant on January 26th. So this season was already kind of weird. The All-Star Game was had a different format, and they wanted to honor Kobe, so you saw something different at the end there. So again, we've seen that before. We've seen the All-Star Game play out in different ways. But now, I mean, the, the season's suspended. We don't know when it's going to come back. We're all living you know, in bunkers now with all the toilet paper, it mm-hmm. appears. Yeah, so, I'm supplied. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> we have a new saying in my house. It's called, take a shit, take a shower. Take a shit, take a shower. <laughs> so just like you, the old days. Yeah, we'll be fine, I guess. But again, it's just been an unbelievably weird season. You know, you look at this past week, week 21, and, and it's the week that the sports world stopped. Yeah. I mean, just stopped. 
completely stopped. The last time anything was like this occurred was 9-11. That's the last time that sports stopped. Do you remember it stopping? Though? Oh, yes, I do. Really? Okay, because I was a little bit younger. So I remember mm-hmm. I was a big wrestling fan, okay. WWF. Yeah, yeah. When it was good, WWF. <laughs> so I remember they didn't even cancel SmackDown that night because of it. So I don't remember like the sports being shut down. I remember like the season I thought started the same exact time it was supposed to start, right? Or was it a week later? The NBA season started like a week later. Well, I mean the NFL. The NFL. Did I say the NFL? Sorry. No, no, no. no. You didn't say anything. I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't say any of them. <laughs> you just said WWF. I'm like, yeah. yes, the WWF <laughs> days. Those yeah. WWE. I, yeah. I stopped watching once it went to WWE. So. Yeah, me too. But NFL was delayed. Baseball okay. was definitely delayed. And NBA was actually pushed back a little bit too. Okay. You know, because it delayed the start of uh, preseason. Yeah. So it was an eerie time. And that's, you know, I don't want to compare the thousands of American lives lost in that tragedy of 9-11 to what's occurring right now with COVID-19. But from a societal standpoint, that's what it feels like. All of a sudden, everything's just a little bit different. It kind of feels like you're in a movie. And you got to think 9-11 is 19, 20 years ago now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, remember that. At I was all. a freshman in college when that happened. It happened yeah. on a Tuesday because I had Tuesday and Thursday classes, and I just remember everything stopped. That's what this has kind of felt like from a sports standpoint. Because again, there's nothing. I mean, Sports Center is the most boring thing to fucking watch right now. Well, it was always pretty boring for like the last <laughs> five or six years, but now yeah. you can't even turn it on because now it's only UFC really there are I think there's fights still going on I think so but besides that I mean all they're going to talk about is coronavirus and I can't stand those dudes on sports center anyways well I know that I mean that's our newest take here sports center it's always sucked it's, it's always sucked well because recently well, not recently in the past 5 years that you've referenced I think the reason that sports center sucked is because ESPN has tried to focus on taking their mm-hmm. sports personalities the people who are actually providing you with the sports content and make them the feature versus yeah. the sports story itself the feature. It's like, yeah. hi, welcome to Sports Center with with Scott Van Pelt. Yeah, before it was but a Sports he, Center. He might be like an exception a little He's bit. He's the only good one. And well, the only reason is I had never really understood Scott Van Pelt. Like I couldn't understand what the hell he was trying to say ever. Mm-hmm. But then Ryan Rosillo, I ended up liking him because he joined the Ringer, and then yeah. he's friends with Scott Van Pelt. Well, mm-hmm. I'll give him another chance. Now he's like the only one left on there that. I can enjoy watching. That's like quality. Like they, they have like John Butchacross and John, the other one. Yeah, John, I, I don't, I don't I like them. Yeah, anyways. You know, again. Sorry it, about the hate fest. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've been stuck in my garage now for days just trying to <laughs> wait this thing out, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but again, a weird week in the NBA. We will talk about these next two games. Again, you know, try to provide some sort of insight, hoping that this is just a pause in the season and they don't just go, okay, we're going to, you know, start the playoffs all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Because if that was to happen, sun season's over. We had a 40% winning percentage. That's the first thing I thought about, though, was, um, well, first, my conspiracy we'll talk about later. But second thing was, are they just going to start the playoffs? Because I feel like you have the seeds where they're probably going to be mm-hmm. towards the end of the season. I think Memphis will probably end up staying there. Maybe, who knows, Blazers might make a push. Well, I mean, that, but that's the but only seed that's really up for grabs. It in the is, West is the eighth seed. Everything is, else is is locked. I'm sure everybody wanted to see Zion on the, in there. but Of course. I think if you started it now, I, I honestly wouldn't be mad if they started the playoffs like when they come back right away. I mm-hmm. would rather see, of course, the Suns play their 19 or 20 games left. Mm-hmm. But if they had to start the playoffs, I wouldn't be too pissed off. No, I'm with you there. Yeah. I mean, I think that the playoffs are – the Suns didn't have a shot. We've been saying it on this podcast for weeks. Yeah. Suns are yeah. done. 
you know, it would be nice to have them come back and play a few games just for my personal entertainment value. I'm a huge Suns fan and I want to watch them play, but yeah, exactly. You know, we'll kind of see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's review some of those gate the, those two games for the Suns. Yes, uh, which prospectively could it. be the only ones that for a while. So we'll go back to Sunday afternoon. And that's when the Suns played the Milwaukee Bucks, and they won 140-131 to 131 over the best team in the NBA. And what a start to Week 21. It had so much promise at the beginning of the week. We come out, we beat the best team in the NBA. Who would have known that a week later we'd be sitting here and the NBA's not even occurring? I know. You know does the fact that Giannis didn't play devalue this result? It does to the media. I'll tell you what, because... I even saw this all over Twitter. Rachel Nichols. How many times do I have to mention this lady's name? I, I don't hate anybody. I don't dislike her. Hey, she's on ESPN. But she drives me nuts sometimes just because she's like, well, the Bucks lost, but they don't have Giannis. You know who the Suns didn't have? Aiden. Aiden. Oubre. Oubre. Cam, Cam Johnson. But Yeah, but no one knows how pivotal those players are to the mm-hmm. Suns because no one watches the Suns. Yeah. It, and um, it's funny because I was watching... I actually saw a clip of Shaq and Dwayne Wade trying to talk about the Suns and like... Oh, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. If you could count, they get a drinking game every time they had to look down at their paper to realize or talk about a player or try to go back to actually figure out what the Suns record is. Like, no one knows. No one... Because they're not nationally televised, so they're not going to watch. I don't blame them. I'm not going to watch a team that's not nationally televised if I'm not, you know, a personal fan of theirs. Mm -hmm. So, Rachel Nichols, though, brought up, you know, they didn't have Giannis. That's how everyone thinks of it. But that team is still a championship team, almost. I don't think they're going to win the championship this year, but they are a really freaking hard team to play. Mm-hmm. And you saw it in this game. I mean, they were hard to close out until the very, very end. And I was there. Oh, yeah, you went to that I game. I was this game. Yeah, you took the moms, right? Yeah, I took my mommy. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Oh, that's awesome. So what it was like in the stadium? It was great. Um, what sucks, though, is we showed up an hour early because I wanted the Ricky Rubio action figure. Mm-hmm. Did not get it completely. Well, there's only 5,000 of them, too. So I showed up an hour early. We didn't get that. I saw Zaza Bachilia was there. Oh, he really? Was, yeah, he was walking around and getting some food. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. So anyway, Zaza was there. And then um, the stadium atmosphere, of course, there's like half, well, maybe a quarter Bucks fans. On TV, right? it sounded like there was a lot of Bucks fans. Well, when they started coming back. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can hear it. And it was. It was annoying. But I mean, they showed up finally when the Bucks made a difference in their offense and they actually tried to come back and win. Um, you didn't hear from him the whole game, though, which was nice because we had that 20-point cushion almost. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always nice. Uh, again, spring training is going on in Phoenix, so you have a lot of people who are out here to watch the Milwaukee Brewers play, and then they have an opportunity to see the Milwaukee Bucks play, so, of course, they're going to purchase tickets and go to that game. Yeah. I hope yeah. none of them got the Ricky Rubio action figure because what the hell are they going to do with it? They're probably like Shaq, and they don't even know who oh, that man. is. I wanted that badly. I even told you. I was. Gonna, I texted you. I said, I'm going to get you one. Yeah. I, I told my mom I was going to take her, and I got free tickets. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, I'm gonna take her. Had a good time. Like she, she enjoyed it, and nice. it's the best game. I feel like the Suns played all year. Oh, seriously. So I told her I'm gonna take you to every home game now. You know, they came <laughs> out and hit almost every three pointer. Started. They almost scored 50 points in the first quarter. Oh yeah, they had 47 in the first quarter. The, the, Unbelievable start. Yeah, the craziest thing was when they're at 47 and they still had two opportunities to make threes going into the second quarter and the fans knew it they're like oh, yeah. come on yeah. oh it's okay Ty, Ty Jerome's yeah. breaking threes <laughs> but you still had everybody that were Suns fans in the, in the arena stand up and just applaud them for their effort out there man mm-hmm. they played lights out best best quarter I've seen them ever play all around and you look at it it wasn't just it wasn't just Booker because he had 20 but again if you're scoring 47 obviously it's not just Booker but 
Booker comes out and he starts off the game with a three, but then Baines hits a three, and then Rubio hits a three. And then you knew that's going to be one of those games in which Booker starts trying to get the team involved more because he sees that they're actually executing. And those are the games that are the best. It's, it sucks when Booker comes out in the first quarter and he throws a couple passes and the guys just brick wide open shots. Cause, and you can almost see Booker's body language change in those moments because he's like, okay, yeah. this is one of those games where I'm going to have to carry the team. And that happens so much less and less with this team. Mm-hmm. Booker realizes that he is he has support. And that's what's been fun about this season is even though we're not a playoff team, we've been talking about it all season, the need for growth. That's the growth of this team. Yeah. Is Booker knowing that he is not alone? Now, is it crazy mm-hmm. to think that you might have seen the last game at Talking Stick Resort Arena prior to the renovation? Yeah, it is kind of weird. This Isn't step that back. crazy? Yeah, it, it's totally, totally... Uh, it's unreal, man. Um, I will. I haven't been to... I've probably been to four games this year. Mm-hmm. And you just can see it in the fans. Just the atmosphere there isn't the greatest because we need the updates. We need the beer flowing. We need the bars right on court side. You know what I mean? Like You need the lighting. You need the lighting. You yes. need everything changed. You need a better atmosphere in there. And you can totally see it in there. Still got great fans. Mm-hmm. But you can't see what's going on. Um, if you need replays or anything like that. Um, if you're sitting close, it's still fantastic. Anywhere else, oh, upper yeah. decks, yeah. the worst. So I'm glad it's going to be changing next year. But it is crazy, man, to think that I was at the last one, last game. Yeah, and it was a great game. Potentially before... Before the renovations. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the game, you look at it. Booker had 28 at the half. Uh, and you can see how well coached that the Bucks are. And one yes. of the reasons where they're one of the best teams in the NBA is not only do they make adjustments, they make the correct adjustments. Because coming out in the third quarter, I mean, Booker was just swarmed. He had only two points in the third. They attacked him consistently and got him into foul trouble. Yeah, and, that's what's And, and right off his game. And you were thinking, ah, oh, shit, this is it. Like... They're going to come back. They're yep. going to they're going to win this game because Booker. They're getting in Booker's head. They're and they're putting him on the bench. Yeah, but the effort was just there constantly throughout the game. This is something where we've always talked about all season long. It's like you can't take plays off. They didn't take one play off this game, even though like there were some bad turnovers in that. But they didn't take any plays off. I feel like defensively against the Bucks because Middleton he can score on anybody, mm-hmm. and you can't guard that guy. You can do as much as you can to prevent him from having a good look. But he was just draining everything, man. And you had Eric Bledsoe to try to win the game for his team, but you know he can't win games for yeah. his team. He didn't have very. He only had like three turnovers in that game, twenty-eight points. But besides that, you can see him trying to get in Booker's face. Did you see that? Like, oh the, yeah, yeah, competing. That was awesome to see because I just wanted Booker to take him. He did a few times, mm-hmm. but Bledsoe got past Booker because Booker can't play D. But you can see what it's like if Bledsoe's going to try to win a game for you. Just He's non-existent. And you can see in crucial games for the Bucks this year, later in the year, like the weeks prior, he's been non-existent again. So this is some. Re- this is the reason I've never been a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he's not on our team anymore. Okay. So we don't have to worry about his ass. Agreed. Agreed. So. What I didn't realize is how long Chris Middleton is. Yeah. He is long. You know, you're watching the telecast. You're at the stadium, but I'm watching the telecast. And you're seeing him when he rises up on people. You're just like, oh man, he is Mikel Bridges esque. Oh, here we you go know? again. You know, just, I feel like every time we play a team, it's like the comparisons of well, Mikel Bridges. It, it, that's funny because it's true. Because it every, is because yeah. you're trying to figure out who is Mikel, who what is yeah. his comp in the NBA, and I'm still trying to find it. And so whenever you see a guy who's got length or plays mm-hmm. good defense, uh, you're like, okay, Mikel. Th- those are things that are Mikel are like. You know, at the end of the day, Mikel Bridges is Mikel Bridges. 
And that's who yeah. his comp is, is himself. And, you know, we don't know what his ceiling is yet. And that's exciting. It's not like three years ago when you're like Dragon Bender, even though he's, you know, the guy, he was, what, three years ago, one, two. So he was only 14 back then. <laughs> his comp, you had no idea what it was. So you look at some season highs that occurred on this game for the Suns. 77 points in the first half. 140 points in a game. That is the most the Suns have scored in a regulation game since March 16th, 2010. Mm. Unreal. I mean, you got to see that. Yeah. Uh, 19 made threes, and that's the second time in as many games they made 19 threes in a game. So it's like I said before, you know, as long as they're hitting 19 threes a game, we should win. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. games like this produce amazing stat lines. So let's acknowledge some of those. First and foremost, Devin Booker, 36 points, eight assists, five rebounds, 13 of 17 from the field, and four of six from downtown. His best shooting night on the season. It is. Unreal. Dude, I mean, he wasn't missing anything. He just, he couldn't get the looks later on. He did get in foul trouble, like you said. Yes. So 20, 20 points in the first quarter. I thought, oh, here we go. Can we get 71? You know, you always <laughs> oh, think yeah. Oh, yeah. anytime he starts out hot, you just like, oh, can he get to 80 now? Mm-hmm. But you forget it's a different team. It's a different booker. Those things don't matter. Just getting the team a win is priority number one. Exactly. And he doesn't have to carry the team again, like I said mm-hmm. earlier. 13 of 17, he's efficient. When the team is humming, he can be efficient Booker. Yeah. Not, I'm trying to score 70 points Booker, and I'm inefficient doing so. Yeah. You look at Mikel Bridges, 21 points, 10 rebounds in this game. This might shock you. This was his first double-double of his career. Does that surprise you? Yeah. I mean, no, it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't, for Mikel, no. No, it doesn't surprise me at all. Because I look at his box score all the time, and it's just like, usually he only has three rebounds three or four rebounds you know he's not a rebound guy mm-hmm. plus i always think that rebounds are a little overrated now that don is throwing up triple doubles all the time you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying to make excuses no but i'm just kidding but uh i think rebounds are a little bit overrated he's always guarding we'll talk about later too he's always guarding the players the best player mm-hmm. on the floor whether it's a guard small forward not a big guy but yeah. you know the yeah one two or three yeah one two or three mm-hmm. even sometimes a four so rebounds i'm not worried about with him but yeah that is crazy man what a 21 and 10 yeah his second highest scoring night of the year yeah and then you have papa ricky rubio he had a triple baker's dozen you know what a baker's dozen is yeah 13 13 i used to work at a bagel shop oh oh yeah that's right (laughs) so 25 points 13 assists 13 rebounds Mm -hmm. third time this year he scored 25 points 10th time this year he's had at least 13 assists and he shot his most threes on the season, he shot seven in this game. It's the most he shot all wow. year. He hit three of them. Do you know who the last player to have a triple-double in a game is for the Phoenix Suns? Triple dozen? A triple-double. Uh, no. That'd be Ricky Rubio on December 16th against Portland. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was interesting, though, is if you look at players with 25-plus points, 13-plus assists, and 13-plus rebounds in a game— you have to go back. You got Ricky Rubio did it. Michael Jordan did it. Grant Hill did it. Fat Lever did it. Fat, Le- Fat Lever. What? With the Denver Nuggets. No idea who Fat Lever is. Fat Lever. Yeah. Google that one. See <laughs> uh, Witherspoon. Don't know who that is. And Russell Westbrook, of course. Oh, He's of done course. It a bunch, yeah. But yeah. kind of an interesting uh, group to be in. Michael Jordan and Fat Lever. <laughs> but what a game, huh? What a game. The best game of the year. Yeah. Yes. By far. And it was superhero night too with Ricky Rubio, mm-hmm. but the gorilla they, put they, on an awesome show. They dude. played like superheroes. Yeah, they did. The gorilla put on a good show, huh? Yeah, he came down from the ceiling upside down in the Spider-Man costume and then brought out the big gun, the t-shirt gun. Oh my god! Yeah, 
It was fucking awesome, it's dude. Terrifying. It was awesome. Yeah, for if I were to do that, you wouldn't see me up there, dude. All right, following the game that happened on Sunday, on Tuesday night, the Suns lost to the Blazers 121 to 105. Aiton was out again in this game, and with Bain's recent play, do you think he was missing time preventatively, or do you think that he was still injured? It only been a couple games that Aiton been in and out, but yeah. I was, you know, as the game started, I was wondering, I'm like, okay, are they just being precautionary at this standpoint? Because again, I don't think it was that big of an injury, but maybe, you know, I'm not a doctor. Oh yeah, um, yeah, we're not. But <laughs> but Bain has playing, been playing so well recently. He, he has, and you see, this is why like everyone was worried, kind of like, is Aiton even going to start when he comes back? Yes, he is because Aiton's just not as consistent. Oh, did I say? Sorry, no, did no, I say you're... Baines is not consistent? Baines is not consistent as a starter. So, if you're gonna have Aiton start, he's more consistent. I know he's had a couple bad games, but he'll give you three out of four great games. Um, I think because after this game, I know now we don't have any games. But after this one, you didn't have a game till Saturday. So I think mm. the Suns were trying to get in there, squeak one out against the Blazers. The Blazers were just hard to stop in the end. This is a this is a game the Blazers needed. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're playing a team like the Blazers on the same level, it's hard to beat them more than 50% of the time. You're going to split these games. And this is why it's important for the Suns when they lost those two games against the Pistons and the Warriors. Yeah. That's why it was so big because you got to beat those teams. Because you're gonna split the other half, the other half of the games mm-hmm. against player or teams that are on your level in the West, where you got the Blazers, Memphis. I know not the same record, but we can compete with these teams. Mm-hmm. The Kings. You can't the beat Pelicans. them all four times. You can't beat them three out of four. You're gonna split them, mm-hmm. and no matter what you do, the Blazers came out. I mean, I'm not the end of the game. They just couldn't miss. But to start out with, the first thing I noticed was Mikael Bridges guarding um, Damian Lillard. Yeah, Dame. Yeah. So. This is something we're going to see as a Suns fan for forever. I feel like with Mikel, I'm not for forever, but the next couple seasons. And I like how they're starting it now to put him on the best player because this is going to get him experience going into next season to where he can try to lock these guys down or make a difference more than any other Sun can. No, I completely agree. And I think that, you know, that's like what Sean Marion used to do. Sean Marion used to have to play yeah. the hardest guy on the other team. And he didn't have amazing offensive nights because he's using all of his energy on the defensive side of the floor which is great that's what you need you need that it's something the suns haven't had in a few years and it's why our perimeter defense has always been so bad and that we give up so many points because we can we can hang with you offensively but if we can't Mm -hmm. shut you down ever we're never going to beat you and mikhail bridges is one of those players who can now shut you down Uh uh-huh the first thing i actually noticed when i saw this game was that the blazers were rocking the 76 77 red throwback jerseys Mm -hmm. Those are like the Bill Walton jerseys. Those are the jerseys that the Blazers were wearing back when they won the 77 championship with Bill Walton as their starting center. Uh, what do you think of those threads, man? Really good. You like them? Yeah, I really do. Because I love throwbacks. Yeah, but anything the Blazers wear is great because they have the best color scheme. This is why they're hard to root against, and this is why they're like every every fan's second favorite team because they always look good. They're never going to be annoying because they're never going to win at all. You know what I mean? But they're always, they're competitive sometimes, Mm -hmm. but you never, they never have players in their team that you hate. Like I, for me, I mean, Damian Lillard, don't hate him. Suns love, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's their favorite player now. Mm -hmm. Besides the son is because of what he did for Booker and CJ McCollum. I know, I don't know if you like him, but I, I like his game. I love CJ McCollum. Looks looks totally, he doesn't belong from this, uh, this era. He's he's an early nineties looking guy. Yeah. He went to Lehigh. Yeah. I mean the, the the team that beat Duke in the tournament Uh years ago as an upset, like that's where CJ McCollum came from. So if I I do hate Carmelo Anthony, 
I'm yeah, not a Carmelo. But you know what I liked fan. in this game? I loved that him and Sarge were going at each other, and he was, of course, killing Sarge on the jumper. But he, you can tell the respect that Carmelo had for Sarge, how, how hard he plays. Because mm-hmm. there was a play where um, Carmelo, I don't know if it's a jump shot or what, but Sarge, like, you know, got his ass beat. Yeah, like he like always he, does. But he tries so hard, fell on the ground, and Carmelo was the first guy over there to help him up. I feel like there's just that, that play. There's just the, the respect. I feel like because there wasn't a lot of shit talking that I could see between the two because Sarge doesn't do that. But like you know, Carmelo might sometimes. I don't know if there's any stories about him being that way, but I think that the respect he gave for Sarge was, I feel like, a real thing. And I felt that was really cool because I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel a lot of things. <laughs> I just think that to have him. I mean, Carmelo's gonna play his game. He's either gonna hit his shots or he's not. But he's gonna keep shooting. But Always yeah, has. And he's hard to hate now for me just because his career is almost ending and I kind of want to appreciate him more as a player now that he's back in the league. Um so I'm so yeah, we're talking about the Blazers. They're a team that I feel like I can always root for. If we're going to root for another team other than Suns, it's always the Blazers. Yeah, I can't hate on the Blazers either. I mean, they've never really broken our hearts. They've never hurt our feelings. They do got cool-looking jerseys. I do like their players. You know, again, I'm not a huge Carmelo fan. Mm-hmm. I really don't have a reason why. I just always thought he was kind of a ball hog and not it's yeah. it's, it's like James yeah. Harden. You respect yeah. the guy and even Kobe to a certain extent. You respect the guy, but I hate ball hog basketball. I like, you know, the ball moving around and obviously he's at the back end of his career and he's not near mm-hmm. he doesn't play that way and nearly has the usage rate that he once did, but mm-hmm. but again, you know, the Blazers are a team that you can't really find yourself hating but you know you talk about Carmelo and he had a hot start he's the master of the mid-range yeah he's just one of those guys he's you know he scored 12 points in the first ended with 21 and I looked it up actually in his career which he's played now 42 games against the Suns he's averaging 22.1 points per game so even at the back end of his career he's still getting his 20 up against the Suns Uh, Booker again I can't compliment this guy enough just scoring in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. There's that one and one he had where he was like getting fouled out of bounds and shot it up and you know nothing but net. And he could just he can beat you in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And his offense continues to grow. And it's a, another thing to be super excited for. With Booker too, he had that look. I saw it even in the Milwaukee game where he just had the look on his face like I don't give a hoot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was so focused on the next play. He had no celebration, no emotion. He had it in his game yep. where, you know, the technicals were happening. He was just straight. It was like a, like a LeBron move where mm-hmm. he, LeBron, you know, he just like stands up straight, heads straight towards the line, doesn't make any contact with anybody. He's just like. Yeah, after the fouls called. Yeah, after the yeah. fouls called. That's what Booker was doing. I don't know what that was, but it was just kind of like, I feel like he was like, I got to win this game because I feel the Suns get to this point where they win a big game. And it's kind of the timeline where they win a big game and then lose two terrible games. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that happens but i feel like booker realizes that now and like he has that look in his face where he's like i'm gonna win this game for the suns even though he's he's still getting his teammates involved but he's like i don't want to lose this game even though the blazers couldn't miss so it was kind of out of his hands at that point yeah i mean the fourth quarter is what killed the suns the 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 blazers couldn't miss and the suns couldn't make it in that fourth quarter yeah they went six for 19 in the fourth quarter shooting 31.6 percent and 33 percent from downtown and then you look at the Blazers, they shot 63.6% and 70% from downtown in the fourth. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that was the, essentially the story of the game. It was a great game up until that point. The Suns were down, I think, two going into the fourth, and they get outscored 39-27 to 27 in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, and that's all she wrote. And you feel bad because, again, Booker had that 
that tenacity with him and that aggression, and it was controlled aggression. And that's when Booker is at his best, when he controls his aggression. When he lets his aggression yes. become technical fouls and crying to the refs, that's when it, it's frustrating to see him play because he's not as productive as That is as, a perfect way could. to put it, the mm-hmm. controlled aggression. That's what you want out of, out of Booker. you got to give it up to uh, Dario, hustling his ass off yes. once again on Mario Day. Oh, was it Mario Day? Well, M-A-R and the 10th. It was March 10th. Oh, okay. M-A-R-1-0. So it was Super Dario and Super Mario Day. Uh, had a double-double. and a, a great, great game for him. But I think, you know, one, the shooting for the, for the Blazers really killed the Suns in the fourth. But just their game plan coming into it, the Suns killed them last time they played. They made 19 threes from downtown last time they had played them. Aaron Baines was the wool boy player of the night for no dunks. I mean, so when they played Portland two games prior they yeah. killed them they shot what 45 percent from downtown on that night yeah they shot 34 percent this go around so a much more pedestrian shooting percentage from deep and then of course there's Trevor Ariza Trevor freaking Ariza had 22 points against the Suns and just frustrating again to see a yeah. former son come in and beat the Suns you know he wasn't the sole reason that the the Suns lost the game, but again, he contributed to that. So my question, and I don't know if you have an answer to this, but on the Week 20 recap last week, we bestowed the Jack Taylor Award to the guy you never heard of who comes off the bench and burns the Suns. So what should we name the former son who comes back and whoops our ass award? Because we I mean, always have somebody who comes back and does it. You're totally right. I honestly thought this was a Jack Taylor Award winner of the night just because who knew that he was playing for the Blazers? Does anybody know? Everyone knows his name. <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, I mean, I knew that because we played him two nights before. And Yeah, exactly. But if you're, pl- if you're playing, if you're a fan of the East and then the Blazers come in and the, you're a Hawks fan, Blazers come in, Trevor Reese is out there. Oh, I didn't know he was on the Blazers. Mm-hmm. So I think he's still a Jack Taylor winner. But what, what is a good name? For the know. Suns I'm, players that come back. I'm trying to think of a son who can come back and who who has come back consistently and kick. How about like the Pet Cemetery Award? I don't know. Why? Because they came back from the dead? <laughs> the animals? Well, I was thinking the Ryan McDonough Award. The Ryan McDonough. Because these are all of Ryan yes. McDonough's nightmares that yes. come back and haunt the Suns. Okay. From here on out, if there's a son who comes back and has a great game, or even a good game against the Sun, just enough to annoy you, like Brandon Knight did a few games ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, these are these are the Ryan McDonough mistakes. So until further notice, these are the Ryan McDonough Award winners. Okay. The Ryan McDonough Award and Jack Taylor Award winner of the night, Trevor Reza, 22 points. That son of a bitch. The only thing that annoyed me in this game, and I keep seeing it over and over again, is when Booker goes up for a layup, he has the hardest time staying away from the photographer's that are underneath the hoop. Oh, yeah, he got tripped up in there. Yeah, but I keep seeing it every game. But, like, who gives... This is probably against the whole art scene. I'm, I guess I'm artsy myself. I'm not trying to go against art, but who gives a fuck about those fucking pictures that they take of the players or that <laughs> I never see any of the camera angles from under the basket, maybe, like, once or twice a game. Mm-hmm. The camera, the pictures, maybe we'll use them for an article, but... Or, like, a basketball card. Yeah, but wh- who gives a fuck about those pictures or the recordings, whatever they're doing down there, Either way, like no one cares anymore. Just get rid of that row of cameramen. I just I'm sick of it because players do get hurt from that. So yeah, why move, do we still have move that? Move them back. And it, you know it's 2020. I think our zoom level. My my phone yes. can zoom. You know 20 times. We these high tech cameras. You can't move them back five feet and, yeah. and zoom in. I completely agree with that. Because everyone has their phone. Everyone can take these pictures mm-hmm. now. 
from wherever you're at. I mean, there's and why is there like fifty of them? Exactly. There's like fifty. But why are they so? Is there close? a constituent from like Turkey is down there? It's like, oh, I'm from the Turkish media here to yeah. get a picture. Of just Devin get Butter. rid of them. I mean, I don't want to get rid of their jobs. It's just like no. find a different way because I don't. The Move only them thing back. That sucks, something's gonna happen. I mean, there are things that have happened where players have gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. Just move them back. But besides that, let's just move on from these games. And what <laughs> but do you no, got I think it's a valid point, man. It really is. Yeah. It's like I try to hit it. It just didn't hit as hard. Then I kind of feel bad for the people because it's their jobs. Yeah, you know what? It's their jobs, and I get it. But why can't they be moved off to the side? Please, you know, move them off to the side. Yeah, or move them back five feet. Or just yeah, move have, it back five. Have feet. their own row, like I don't even know, man. But it's Do but the, they're like three feet under the baseline. Move them back yes. five feet, because again, players are tripping. I get it. I'm with you 110. percent Yeah, it just drives me nuts. Well, anyways, another thing that drives me nuts is the fact that these were the only two games we had. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were supposed a to. Weird, we're, huh? we're recording this on Saturday, and we were supposed to have an 11 a.m. game against the Dallas Mavericks today, which obviously didn't occur. We were gonna have brunch. Yeah, we were. Still I was didn't have really looking yeah. forward to brunch. I was looking forward to brunch. Well, we were brunchless. And now uh, they're shutting everything down, so I don't know if I can have brunch anywhere. <laughs> uh, but I'll look at the, the week notes, a, cu- a couple things to take a look at from a, a weekly standpoint that I noticed in week 21, is just looking at Ricky Rubio since the All-Star break. 10 games since the All-Star break for Papa Ricky. He's 16.8 points per game, 10.4 assists per game, 2.4 steals per game, 46% from the field and 40% from deep. Just... Killing it, man. Mm-hmm. Ricky Rubio. Couple Ricky Rubio's performance with this. There's no backcourt duo that has eight or more assists games where they both have eight assists yeah. than Booker and Rubio. So the future's exciting for the Phoenix Suns, regardless of what happens, with the playmaking ability of both of our guards right now. You know, watching this, Booker's learned so much from Rick, Ricky, and he actually in an interview even said that. He's like, yeah. I've learned so much from Ricky just how to kind of see the floor. And that's one thing that I noticed in both games. Against the Bucks, he was doing these like tip passes underneath the basket yeah. that I've never seen Booker do before ever. Yeah, where there'll be a somebody will pass the ball into him, and while he's jumping up to get it, he knows that some, the defense is rotating, and he just tips it out to somebody. Mm-hmm. It's a wide open three, and then running the fast break against the Blazers, he was finding guys left and right too. Where again, those used to be turnovers. So again, the way that Booker's been playing and the, what he's learned from Ricky Rubio is something that's commendable. And you kind of see it the other way around too, don't you? Oh, without a doubt, because, because Ricky, Ricky Rubio's offensive game looks better, too. Oh, a lot better. I looked it up on Basketball Reference. His percentages are a little... They're, they're about the same. But you can see that recently, after Ricky Rubio had that rough stretch of even like facilitating the offense, mm-hmm. his shooting has even gotten better since then. So I think it's... Because he even talked about early in the season where he's like, I would love to learn from the best one of the best scores in the NBA how to actually shoot, you know, work on my offensive game yeah. shooting-wise, and you can see that, man. Yeah, it's been great watching both of these. Our back, our backcourt is just something that I'm really excited for if this Me season con- uh, continues for the Suns, but even going into next season. They're a couple badasses. They, they yeah. really are. You got Ricky Rubio, who looks like a badass, plays like a badass. Everyone respects this guy. Everyone respects um, Booker. Mm-hmm. So to have those two dudes as your backcourt, this is – Something they need to build on, and the only thing that's going to make them better is experience. And right now, we're not getting it because of what's going on, but True. the more and more they play together, the better they're going to be. Well, one last stat on them. The first NBA teammates to each have eight-plus assists 
in at least four straight games since 1991. And that was Terry Porter and Clyde Drexler, who did it in five straight for the Portland Trailblazers back in 91. So 29 years it's been since the NBA seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. A backcourt that's been dishing the ball out this effectively and efficiently, which yeah. is something that, uh, again, super excited and for the Suns. That's just something no one sees besides Suns fans. Yeah, it's, if Shaq's reading that, because yeah. you know, another thing I'm, I'm just about to bring up, so I think I will, is Shaq. You know, he was talking about how Devin Booker needs, you know, you're, yes. the, you're, the, you're the superstar. Yes. You don't need help. It's like, okay, one, coming from Shaq, mm-hmm. who always had Dwayne Wade or Kobe Bryant, you know, he's always had that secondary, Steve Nash when he played for the Suns. Yeah. Dude, you don't watch the Suns. Shut up. I agree with Shaq. Okay. I thought, I know he doesn't know anybody on the team besides Booker and Aiden, <laughs> <laughs> which he admitted to, which I love. If you don't know the team, admit what you know you don't know. Mm-hmm. But he made a point where... In Miami, when he played with Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. no one knew who really what Dwayne, who Dwayne Wade was or how good he was until Shaq got there. But the players they played with, half of them shouldn't even be in the league and were probably out of the league after that team expired, mm-hmm. after the championship. So he makes a point. you got to make your other players great. And Booker is doing that. He is. And that's the thing that was kind of frustrating for Suns fans. Yeah. But the thing is, if you're a superstar and you have the talent around you, you have to make your team better and you have to win these games. Mm-hmm. So... I kind of agree with him on that. It's like you can't say you're a superstar, expect the respect from other people and from the media if you're not winning. So it still goes back to that thing with Booker where we think, you know, he might be too high, like highly entitled of himself in a way mm-hmm. to where he thinks he deserves what he what he should get. But now you can see where, and we can talk about the Steve Nash interview too. That was my next point. Yeah where he mentioned, if you want me to go into it, where he mentioned that his friends and family brought up things that he needs to prove on to his game. Mm-hmm. And it was, some of it was hurtful. He says some of it was bad, you know, hard to express to each other, but things where he needed to prove on, they let him know. So I feel like he, he knows that he has to get better and he's getting better. But what else did you take away? That's Nash and Booker interview was amazing, man. I thought, oh, yeah. I thought it was long overdue. We saw, I saw a screenshot a couple months ago. So that, I think it happened a couple months ago. Yeah, it yeah. finally came out. So mm-hmm. it was great. So what was your takeaway from that? Well, kind of my takeaway was right on your point was people around him have finally told him, listen, you're not God. Like it or not, ever since he came to Phoenix, he has been treated like he is a God, like he is a superstar. And don't get me wrong. We've talked about it before. He's a star. Devin Booker's a star. He's not a superstar. Yes. What does it take to become a superstar? Become an all-star. Mm-hmm. Check. You have to get to the playoffs. You have to win a playoff series. Win 50 games. Win 50 games. These are some of those steps that get you to those conversations. Yes. And, you know, Suns fans, we're all looking for anything. We've been so bad for so long. So when Booker came into the league and all of a sudden we're like, oh, hey, we got to steal it. the 13th draft pick. Yeah. This is, this is, this, this is our guy. There's nothing wrong with that. That's true. He is our guy. But he also needs to know that he is not infallible, that he needs to work on his game, that he needs to do certain things and achieve certain goals in order to become that superstar. And when you have people in his family telling him, listen, and people close to him, listen, you're great, man. You're good at what you do, but you're not a superstar yet. There's still so much more you need to do both on the court and off the court for and with this team to achieve that status. It's nice that somebody else told him that because, again, you know, Suns fans, it is one of the most annoying things. There's two sides to, like, Suns Twitter. 
You have the Suns Twitter, which are realists, which I feel like we fall into. And, yeah. and then you just have like the blind idiot Suns fans who are just like, no matter what, they're like, Booker's amazing. I don't care whatever anybody says. Yeah. He's the greatest thing ever to happen since sliced bread. You know, it's like, no, he's not. He's like every other player. Yeah. You know, we're critical of the Suns because we care about the Suns, and that's okay. And it's nice to hear that his family's kind of taken the same approach with him. Mm-hmm. Keeping it real. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Keep it real. It's nice to hear that people are keeping it real with him. Anything yeah. else you took away from that interview? Um, the only thing is he never, I mean, this is just something I kind of wish he would say. I wish Nash would ask maybe like, do you see yourself in Phoenix in the future? Yeah, it would have been so, nice. Yeah, even though he's already locked into a big contract. So I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it was like something I wish he spoke about Phoenix more. I, there's probably way more to that interview. I mean, the interview was only six minutes for mm-hmm. what we saw. Mm-hmm. The interview probably itself was an hour, hour and a half. Those are just the best clips from it. Yeah. Um, but you can see this year where Booker has those oh shit moments, like a lot of oh shit games, like home mm-hmm. might, like instead of like oh boy or whatever, <laughs> whatever the thing is from No Dunks. Just <laughs> oh, oh, oh shit, this guy is improving. This guy cares. He's working on his game and he's working on other things too. Cause in a relationship, even if you go out and make the best money, you're bringing in all the income. You got to make it up. You got to make it up in like an emotional way too, in a relationship to where you have to hit all the spots. And I feel like hit all the spots, huh? <laughs> I feel like Booker is doing that. And I feel like he realizes that now, like he brought in all the money for the Suns. He's the number one son. He's going to mm-hmm. be the best sons in Suns history, but he needs to put in the work. And that's something Monte, I feel like is really still instilling in him mm-hmm. now. So it's it's something we're seeing. It's something they work on, I feel like, behind closed doors. So that's something that we're seeing on the court. Yeah, I mean, Booker's maturity this year, you can really finally see it. Because I feel like there was a lot of immaturity with him prior to this season. And yes. it's one thing that frustrated us unbelievably. Is yeah. how it's like, this guy's got all the talent, but he doesn't have any of the maturity. He still has room to grow for sure. But he is maturing, which is uh, fantastic for the Suns. And just keeps it excited and engaged with this team. So another thing I saw this week that I found interesting was they showed a clip of Robert Sarver walking with the Mercury's new free agent acquisition, Skylar Diggins-Smith. And they were walking through the Sun slash Mercury workout facility that's going to be on 44th Street in Camelback. You can see how it's progressing, and you can see the end result is kind of almost there. I mean, the, the, the skeleton of the property is there, and they're starting to build out where the workout facility is going to be, and the hot tubs, and the outdoor training center, and all yeah. this stuff. And it's, it's really exciting to see that. I mean, any thoughts on that? It looks fantastic, man. I think everything that's going to come out next year, because that's going to be done by next year. Yep. So everything that the Suns are going to have as an organization, as the players, they're going to have everything that every other team has. Mm-hmm. So in Best the, in class. Exactly. And it's out in Scottsdale. It's by where all the players live, basically. So it's a quicker drive. That's Arcadia. Is it Arcadia? Yeah. I know no one gives a shit, but I actually grew up right down the street from there, and I used to always rollerblade. Oh, really? I used yeah. to, there's a bank across the street. I used to always like rollerblade there and like grind the rails and such. Nasty. And it's like that's where it's going to be. It's like right <laughs> across from where I was fruit booting. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's still closer to the players, so I think that helps out too as well. Yeah, and it's right there. It's a great part of town. It's just south of Paradise Valley on the other the, – it's kind of west of uh, Camelback Mountain coming yeah. down from PV. So just a beautiful facility. And it's nice to see the progress on that. And it, again, it gives you hope because you know that the renovation's coming too. And it's just so much new change is coming to the yes. Phoenix Suns. Like next year's going to be a great season. Very exciting stuff. So here's a, one last thing. Kelly Oubre had knee surgery. And with the coronavirus delaying the season, he potentially could be back if and when they start up games. You know, I wrote an article on Bright Side of the Sun talking about how May 1st could be that that first target date that we see. I know Mm -hmm. that the NBA initially said 
two weeks. And then Adam Silver came out and said 30 days, which would put us at April like 15th. And then like Chicago, the mayor of Chicago said May 1st is when they'll really look to resume any sporting activities, which is nucking futz, man. That's, yeah. that's, you know, a month and a half away. But that being said, what are your thoughts on Kelly Oubre potentially having the ability to come back and play this season? He has to be totally fully cleared. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want it to be, yeah, he's good. But um, I just think you still got to be careful with that. Uh, anything with the knee, I would love to see him play. I would love to see this team finish strong and just stay healthy for once. <laughs> somebody or somebody, somebody. Well, but what that, am I talking but, but about? That, but that's a byproduct of this time off is a lot of teams, Suns included, are going to have an opportunity to get healthy. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody's going to come back with well-rested. And, and we, I mean, we don't know if they're going to be practicing or when that's going to occur. But they're going to come back well-rested. Yeah, they will. Every team's going to be. So it's going to be even that harder to win games because yeah. everyone's w- well-rested. And then, then you got to get back into the, the groove of the game. It's mm-hmm. going to be weird. I honestly think um, we'll talk about it. I mean, we have another podcast coming up answering questions. There's one about conspiracies. Mm-hmm. I'll go into that more about this whole season. But that's why I kind of just wish – it would suck not to see the Suns again, but I kind of just hope that they go into the playoffs because I don't want the Suns to finish out the year, you know, going – and just winning two more games, like I feel like that would just be disheartening. I feel like we kind of finished this off stronger, where we saw our team, and now all the Suns fans can see the players and know who the who they are. Mm-hmm. So we would be excited if we just have like one more addition in the off season. So I think that um, basically, what I'm trying to say here is, I kind of just want to see the playoffs when they come back. Is that weird? No. I mean, I'm- I want to watch the Suns, but. We're not going to make the playoffs. I kind of just want to see it when it comes I'm, out. I'm with you, too. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I think when we talked about it at the beginning of this podcast, I'm okay if the Suns come back and they play some games. Of course, I'm a Suns fan. It's what I do. It's what I watch. It's what I love. But if they don't come back and, and or if they just come back playing the playoffs, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'd actually kind of like to see that, if, especially if it keeps like the timeline continu- you know, continuing, because that's the one weird thing that's going on is we have no idea – what the timeline for the rest of, you know, when's the NBA draft? When's the NBA draft lottery? When, you know, when are all these different touch points going to occur? We have no idea. Exactly. So if they come back and play the playoffs, I'm good with that. Yeah, me too. Uh, stat of the week for the Phoenix Suns. Check this one out. So far this week, if you include today, there's been a total of 23 NBA games that have been postponed due to COVID-19. And we know that that's going to go indefinitely we don't know how many games are going to end up being suspended so other than cancellations due to lockouts there's been a total of 18 games that have been postponed or canceled or moved due to violence in the in nba history so we've already exceeded that number in just five days so you go here are the different things fun facts for you different things that have either canceled postponed or moved games in nba history the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in 1963. There were three games that were postponed due to that. The assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. There were four games that were postponed due to that. The Miami riots on January 17, 1989. The Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat game was postponed. Uh, they played that one in April to make up for that because there were riots in Miami. The 92 LA riots, the Rodney King riots, there were a couple games that were moved due to that. The Combine High School Massacre on 4 2099 uh, the Denver game was postponed due to that. September 11th terrorist attacks, you have, what, four, five games that were postponed or canceled. They were actually all canceled prior to tip-off for that. Those were preseason games. The Pacers-Pistons brawl, the Malice in the Palace, 
the remaining 47 sec- or 45 seconds of that game were canceled. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013, uh, the Pacers and the Boston and the Boston Celtics, that game was canceled prior to tip off. So, yeah. you know, it's not the first time obviously that we've seen cancellations or uh, postponement of NBA games, but just the weird again, you know, a weird weird week, week 21 in the NBA. Mm-hmm. We look at our week 22 preview and I have nothing. Nothing. Not a damn we thing. don't know what's going to happen. Because we have no idea yep. what's going to happen. So there might be nothing happening in the NBA, but I'll tell you what, that doesn't mean that the Suns Report podcast is going to take any time off. And it's not because we have to do podcasts, because we don't. We'd mm-hmm. love to do podcasts. Yeah, I love talking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we have on our upcoming podcast schedule. On Tuesday, we are going to have our Ask Us Anything podcast. We've reached out on Twitter and Facebook to see if anybody had any questions that they'd like for Matthew and myself to answer, and we're going to do that. We got four questions. We got four total questions. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, <geez>. everybody. <laughs> I'd like to thank those four people for asking. No, we have multiple questions that we'll be answering yeah. on Tuesday, and this is going to be the first iteration of this. We're going to do this every week. You know, it's going to be our Tuesday podcast until the NBA comes back. Just it's random just questions. Random que- I don't care. Ask me, you know, what's the shoe size I the wear? The best part of podcasts are like the mailbag. Like Bill Simmons does it. No dunks do it. Mm-hmm. They just take random questions and we answer them. Well, and one thing we normally do in our, our weekly recaps is we have the Suns Report response section of our of our podcast. Yes. We're going to take that one little section and just blow it up and yep. make it a whole podcast. We're going to make up questions and answer them. <laughs> so if you have any questions that you'd like to have answered on our Ask Us Anything podcast, podcasts moving forward mm-hmm. please hit us up on twitter hit us up on facebook you can email us the suns report at gmail.com we'll love to hear from you and we'll love to respond to anything that you, any questions that you may have can be personal okay <laughs> yeah be as personal as you want we might not answer those but we'll see thursday's pod we're gonna have my top three college pipelines uh, this is actually a podcast we recorded before the NBA was suspended, so we'll still put that out next Thursday, or or maybe we'll do something else. Who knows? Our podcasts are going to get kind of weird here because we're just yes. trying to whatever we want to talk about, we're going to talk about. So that's it for this week's recap. Again, be sure to subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network to get all that good quality Suns content. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Just don't follow us to work because we ain't going to be there because everybody's working from home now. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't follow me to Costco. Because that line is around the freaking store now Mm because everybody wants all the shit paper. So uh, that's all I got for this week. Matthew, you got anything for the the people out there? Yeah, you got no choice but to go home and love your family now. Nowhere to go, baby. You got to stay home. Stay home and love your family. (laughs) Take care, everybody.